It's the last stand. And here is your host, Brian Custer. That's right. It is the last stand where we bring you the biggest names in the sport. And I tell you what, in the lightweight division, our guest today, well, he's right there at the top. He is the unified lightweight champion of the world. I'm talking he has the WBA, the IBF, the WBO, the Ring Magazine, whatever belt you name it, he now claims it. He's known as Ferocious. He is George Cambosis Jr. Champ, welcome to The Last Stand. Absolute pleasure. You know, uh, just hearing you say all them, them belts, you know, it's beautiful. All the hard years I've worked hard to, to get them all, and, uh, you know, it's it was time. How does it feel being the top dog at 135? It feels good because this has been a very hard road. This has been many years but I've stayed focused. I believed in myself. And um, no matter what people said, you know, I couldn't do it. You weren't going to win this fight. You know, don't go into that guy's backyard. You won't win. I said, no, I will win. I believe. And um, to, to know that I have everything now, to know that I'm the top top dog, I'm the, uh, I don't say I'm the king of the lower division. I'm the emperor because the king would have just stayed in, in one country. I've been going to the different countries and, and taking out these guys. So, um, you know, it feels good, but there's more to go. You know, I'm so focused. I'm a stubborn kind of guy. So, you know, these are my belts. They ain't going anywhere. Uh, how did you beat him? You know, very good game plan, you know, and um, with everything I brought to the table, and I said, and people thought I was crazy, but, you know, everything I, I did would be better than what Lopez did. And that's what I did on the fight. But a lot of heart, a lot of willpower, a lot of grit. You know, I showed a lot of different styles in, in, in the way I fought. I showed my, my dangerous counter-punching, my speed, the way I moved. You know, sometimes I had to stay there a little bit and, and land my big shots and push him back. Um, the smarts, the ring IQ, the stamina, the condition. I can keep going on and on with, with, what, with what I possess. I feel I'm the total package and, uh, you know, we, we made it happen on Saturday night. What did you think when Tiafimo came out, especially in that first round, and he was throwing haymakers? It almost seemed like he was just trying to take you out in that first round. Look, I knew that he would because... You know, mentally, I got under his skin. I broke him down many months, you know, b before we even, you know, graced the ring. Um, I knew he was going to come crazy. The emotion, and like I said, leading into the fight week, and if he listened to me, he would have learned a, a few tips, but he didn't. And I said, there is no emotion for me. This is not personal. This is business. Um, there was a lot of emotion on his side, so I knew he'd come crazy, but I knew that would set up the beautiful shot for me to land and hurt him and get my respect straight away. And he stepped heavy on that on that front foot. You know, that jab was a little bit too low. That chin was right in the same position. I moved to the outside, landed my right hook, and uh, down he goes. And that really started to change the fight. But I knew I would land it. If you listen to a few of my interviews leading up to the fight, I said I'll land something big. I'll probably put him down in, in the first round. I might even knock him out, but I'm happy I didn't knock him out because then people have been saying it's a lucky punch. Um, I'm happy the way the fight went and uh, great game plan. And this is your new champion now. What went through your mind when you connected on that punch? I think it was second round and you dropped him. What went through your mind as, as you, you saw the count and, and he was getting back up? Actually, it was, it was the first round. I first put round, him yeah. Down, yeah. Put him down straight away. And um, I said, you know what? I told you. I told you, you know, I would land something good. And um, now you respect me. Now the fight really begins. And when that bell went, you know, I literally went off at him a little bit. And I told you, I'm still here because they predicted one round. Um, I said, hey. I'm still here, and I'll put you on your ass. Now let's fight. And I knew he, he, I knew he would know that he was in a dog fight, that Cambosis came to fight. He can pop. He's got a lot more power than what they thought. 
he can move, he can take a shot. Because a lot of shots that he threw, not many of these lightweights would have would have stood a chance. You know, we saw Lomachenko move around and run. We saw Komi get put down. We saw these other guys get dropped. But um, you know, I'm I'm made of something different. I'm cut from a different cloth, and you know, I was prepared to 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 do whatever I had to do to win that fight. And I said it to, to my people around me. I'm willing to die tonight to win this fight. So don't even dare think of of doing anything. I'm coming to win this fight with, with everything I have. So, so with that in mind, then what was going through your mind then when he connects in the tenth and you go down and you know as you're on the canvas, what was going through your mind at that point? I was angry at myself because you know I was putting on such a masterclass at clinic and. Um, you know, I got a little bit too excited. Round nine, I landed some really good shots, and round ten, I landed some good shots early. But um, the crowd was going off, and just knowing how long this fight took, and I tried to finish the show a little bit. I thought, you know what, I got him in a position where I can get rid of him. It was my mistake, not that he did anything good. So, um, you know, he landed the shot, buzzed me for for a split second. I got up and I said to myself, you know what, now this is where you show you're great. This is where you, you're a true warrior. The, the last ten rounds don't mean nothing if you don't come through these next. Uh, two rounds, and obviously I had still a minute and 45 to go in that round. Um, so, you know, I got through it. I ended the round very, very good, very strong. Came back to the corner. I was laughing. I was smiling, and uh, my coach said, what are you laughing for? What's wrong? I said, you know what? Because I made the mistake there. Now I'm going to punish him for two rounds. Watch this. And I did. I busted him up in round 11. I think round 11 was my best round of the fight. And uh, round 12, I closed the show, and there you have it. You're a new champion. You're right. Um, honestly, George, do you believe Tiafimo and his father underestimated you because there was no rematch clause, which is odd? Uh, do you think they underestimated you? No, with the IBF, there is with me being a mandatory. No matter what, there is no rematch clause, and it's it's a beautiful thing because now I can uh, do what I want to do. I can uh, chase the the bigger, biggest, and best fights that I want to pick. And I know Lopez wants nothing to do with this now again. Um, did they, did they you know, think I wasn't a threat? No, I don't believe so. I, I think they did prepare as much as what I said in the, in the lead up and you know, try to dig under him and get it under his skin. You know, I think they prepared very well, but um, they knew what threat I had, I had and what I brought to the table. And he saw in my eyes when we first locked eyes at our press conference back when Jake Paul fought Ben Askren. Um, on that weekend when we had the big press conference. He saw the fighter he was dealing with, and I saw the fighter that I was dealing with, and I knew that I was winning this fight no matter what way it went, and I was going to win this fight. Before I stepped inside them ropes, you know, the way I, I walked to the ring like a true warrior, and they booed me, you know, I, I knew I was going to win this fight, and I knew they would applaud by the end of the fight. You know, you talked about how you, you knew you had him mentally. At what point before this fight, can you point to specifically where you maybe you looked at each other or something, or maybe he did something and you said, I got him. I, I know I got him. I know I got this fight. Back back in uh, April when we had that first press conference, when he um, you know, was carrying on, he took his shirt off, and then you know, he was doing some crazy things, and we faced off, and I could just see in his eyes. And you know, when he looked away, and if you go back to that, that, um, that face-off, he touched me and he goes, hey, I'll give you that one. You're not going to get another one again. And I turned around and said, I'll get every single one. And, you know, every time we faced off, he did not get one. I did not give him an inch. And I knew in the fight I would not give him an inch. And you know, even in round 10, when he did put me down, I got up. And he probably thought, this guy is, is made of steel. He's made of iron. I can't get rid of this guy. And again, I didn't give him an inch. So, um, 
Now, this is a game of inches. When you give your, your, your opponent a little bit too much, you know what I mean, it, it will build their confidence. You know, it's, it really is like, like a fire. You put a little bit of you know, gasoline on it, it's going to explode. So you don't want to give them that confidence. You don't want to give them any bit um, to, uh, to, to have any more confidence and come into that fight any better than, than they will be. Champ, how did you stay so focused despite, you know, Lopez coming down with COVID, fight gets postponed, uh, then there's the promotional issues with Triller over where it's going to happen. Finally, it takes place then on DAZN. And how did you stay focused despite all the pushbacks of the date? And there were, there were people questioning whether or not the fight would even take place. Yeah, look, um, when you're fighting for the, for, the, for the biggest prize in boxing, you know, this is at the pinnacle of, of the sport. You know, I've worked so hard so many years to get to this position. So, you know, the delays were not going to, you know, push me off track. I had a mission. I kept my tunnel vision. And um, no matter what, you know, I knew that we were going to fight. Yeah, this fight could have taken another year. And I still prepare every day, day in, day out. It was a war of attrition. That's the way I looked at it. You know, I was winning the small battles, you know, day by day. And, um, you know, when you go back to <coughs> September 24th, I had the birth of my third child, my son, and uh, unfortunately the, the passing of my grandfather, George Cambosis. You know, but I still trained that day. That is a testament to the fighter I am, and I knew that with all these delays, and even that, if I didn't, didn't break, and I was unbreakable on that day, how am I gonna be broken? How, how was he gonna do anything in that ring, whatever shot he landed, even if he puts me down, even if I'm cut and, and bleeding? You know, what, what is he gonna do to, to stop me, to, to get my hands on them belts. I knew that he wouldn't. And I, I love how you talk about how focused you were because I got a sense that you felt like he wasn't focused because there was a quote where you said, this guy is going to all these events around town like a like a groupie, end quote. Yeah, look, that was just uh, some more mental games as well that, that I played with. and um, But we saw it. We saw him going to all the fights. You know, while I was in Sydney, Australia, preparing like a madman possessed, in the gym, three sessions a day, uh, on the road, putting in the miles. You know, I'd see him going to the fights, seeing him going to the UFC, going to the Canelo fights. You know what? It didn't drive me mad. It didn't frustrate me, but it gave me that that obsession that, okay, enjoy it. Enjoy it. I'm in the trenches. I'm in the dark. Enjoy the bright lights. And when I do get my hands on you, I'm going to make you pay. You know, it's all said and done now. You know, that that's, that's you know, a thing of the past. I know how well I prepared and level I'm going to go to. I'm not the kind of champion that is going to be a one-hit wonder, you know, and like they said in the press conference, this is your one hit, no one's going to hear of you again. No, this this is going to be a long reign. This is going to be a supreme reign and, um, you know, if anyone wants to come and get it, like we say in Greek, come and get it, but just be prepared to uh, to have the same fate sealed like Lopez. Um, do, do you get the sense, champ, that Tiafimo Lopez felt like the victory over Lomachenko was the pinnacle for him instead of a launching point. And if that's the case, how do you prevent this victory from happening, th that from happening to you? Yeah, look, um, when you're the hunter, you know, it, it, it's a different feeling to being the hunted. So he was the hunter against Lomachenko, even that he had the IBF world title, you know, he, he hunted him and uh, it's, it's a different feeling. And that's how I was. I was the hunter hunting him and the pressure was all on him. Now I'm the one being hunted. You know, you got everyone calling me out, which is great. I love it. I thrive on it. I mean, so um, you know, let them hunt. 
but they will fear as well because this is no easy gig. This is no easy, uh, you know, step to, 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 to what I bring to the table. And, um, you know, I'm just so focused. You know, I really want to train. I want to train right now. I wanted to uh, train straight after the fight. My team won't let me. They've locked the gym. They said, you ain't going nowhere near, you know, a boxing gym. You need to rest because you have put so much work in. But that's the kind of fighter I am. That's a testament to, to who I am. And um, you know, this will be a long reign. You know, they are not taking this off me. So it begs the question, uh, who does the champ want next? Well, there's some very good fights in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, we kicked off the the, the, the lightweight um, you know, month of, of great fights. And I showed what I'm about. I showed you know, the, the world. It was a, probably the fight of the year. Um, I impressed. So I want to see who impresses. I love the Devin Haney fight. I love the Lomachenko fight. I love the Tank fight. I love all the fights. I want to fight all of them. But I want to see who impresses first. I will be at the Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz fight in Vegas. You know, I am just having a look. You know, I'm just scouting and seeing, you know, these guys. But again, I'm there as a fan too because I love the sport so much and I think it's a very good fight. You know, and I probably will rock up to the Javante Davis fight as well and have a look. Whoever impresses, whoever, whoever comes out and shines real good, you know, most likely they will be picked. Um, but the, the best thing is I have the choice now. I'm the, the guy in charge. The guy who no one believed in, the, the underdog that wasn't even meant to be here, the guy who's going to be an easy, easy win and never heard of. Now I've got the power. It feels good, but you now we remain focused. That's fantastic. So let's talk about uh, just some guys who talked about you publicly. Let's start. Uh, we had Devin Haney uh, on the show, and Devin Haney said, Look, I had a handshake agreement uh, with Tiafimo Lopez. If he takes care of his business, I take care of my business. We're supposed to get it on. You know, he's got a big one with Jojo Diaz. Do you look at that one and say, well, I'll take on the winner of that, even though, you know, Haney has already come out and said, you know, hey, Cambosas, let's get it on. Uh, or do you wait to see the other fights, how those other fights play out? Yeah, look, um, I love the Haney fight. You know, there's a lot of mutual respect there. We, we, we chat all the time and, uh, you know, he's got the WBC title, got the WBC franchise belt. So um, it makes a lot of sense. So he has to do his job this week, and um, you know I think he will handle business. But he's a good fight as well, so we'll see. He will do his business, and then I want to see Tank do his business. And um, you got Lomachenko as well in the mix. Look, Ryan Garcia's got a great name, good kid. You know, showed a lot of respect to me, reached out, sent me some messages. Um, yeah, he is in the mix as well, but I want to see him come back and have a fight. I want to see him show a little bit before he gets that opportunity. But again, that could be an option as well. It really, it really, it depends on them now. It's on them. Who's going to impress the most? I'm, I fight for the fans. I fight for the, for the best fights possible. You know, you saw on the weekend, I give my life for the fans to, to, to have that enjoyment. So um, it's on them now. I want to see what they do. I love it that you mentioned Ryan Garcia because I was going to mention the tweet that he, he, he sent out about you, but you just answered it. How about Shakur Stevenson? Shakur Stevenson tweets and says, get some rest, champ. Congratulations. But I'm ready to come over to Australia. Yeah, look, a lot of respect there. You know, he, he, he uh, sent the, the tweet out. I did see it. And um, the, the good thing was that all the tweets were not, you know, disrespectful. They respected me. They, they, they said, you know what? This guy just went and done it. What, what a warrior. You know, what, what a fighter. And they respected me. And I respect that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a possible as, uh, choice as well. If he's willing to come to Australia, uh, he's got the 130-pound belt as well. We could, we could probably do something there. I can make that weight. No problem. We can meet someone in the middle if that was a, a possibility. Um, we'll see. There are so many options now. Like I said, the best thing is I'm in position. I get to pick and choose. And um, 
eventually I will take them all out. That, that, that is a fact. I love that. And considering all of these guys seem to be coming out of the woodwork, do you, do you think it's because of the belts or do they just because they say, hey, look, George may be a great guy, but I don't really believe if he's still an elite top, top fighter. Do you think that's the reason why they're all coming, it seems like, coming out of the woodwork calling you out? Look, I think it's the belts. They want to try to get their hands on the belts. They're the, the ones, you know, hunting. I'm the one being hunted. Um, you know, but again, a lot of people want to talk on social media. But when it comes down to the real business, you know, we've seen on my side, I talk, you know what, I come and, and, and take care of business and I'm ready to fight anybody in their own backyards. You know, let's see when, when the actual, it's on there on paper and they've got to come to Australia now and travel thousands of miles across the world and, and suffer with the time difference and be away from, from you, know, their, uh, you know, their zone and, and their comfort. Let's see how they like it because I've been doing it for so many years. I haven't fought in Australia since 2017. So, um, look, talk is cheap. You know, Twitter fingers are great, but when it comes down to the real business, you know, let's see who steps up. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I think uh, they saw a lot in me, you know, in that fight. And now it's like they're making out like Lopez was a nobody. Lopez is nothing. I mean, he's a good fighter. A lot of respect there. And um, the guy just beat Lomachenko. He knocked out Komi. You know, he, 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 he beat Nakatani. He beat all these other guys. You know, 2020 fighter of the year. You know, top, what is he, six, seven, pound for pound. You know, all these accolades had all the belts. I just made him got nothing, but now he's become nothing. So um, that's that's the fight game. They forget you real quick. But um, me and him, we shared that. We we bled, you know, on Saturday night, so he earned my respect. And, uh, you know, him as a fighter is, is, is you know, I, I know what he's about as a fighter as well. So you're unbeaten. And you had a great, you know, amateur and had won all of these uh, belts and things over there in Australia. Why do you think George Cambosis uh, wasn't widely known until after this win? Considering how elite you are from a U.S. fan's perspective, why were you not as widely known? It's because I'm from Australia, you know what I mean? They, they, again, no matter what I did, you know, I, I beat these former champions back-to-back. You know, in their hometowns before the Lopez fight. You know, I was a, I was sparring punter for Manny Pacquiao. You know, I was training in America, but at the end of the day, I represent Australia. I obviously represent Greece as well, but I live in Australia. And, you know, we have that that stereotype. You know, from here to the to Australia, that you know, we're not pushovers, but they'll get the job done. But they didn't realise. The hard work I've put in the gyms here, the sparring partners, I've been in the U.S. system for so long, and the rounds with Manny Pacquiao. That's why the, the world kind of didn't take notice, but I knew what I was about, and I knew that I was a dark horse, and um, you know, I was labeled in ESPN the, the dark horse you know, not long ago, and um, you know, I lived up to that. You know, I, I took my ride, my moment came, you know, the bright lights came, but the, 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 the amount of hours in the dark you know, showed when the bright lights came. So um, we've done the business and the world is talking now. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of good support, a lot of, uh, a lot of talking and uh, it's great. You know, we keep building from it. You mentioned it and it's true. Manny Pacquiao said that you were his favorite uh, sparring partner. Um, And and I know he had some exchanges on social media uh, with you as well. What did all of those rounds with Manny do for you as a fighter? 
oh, look, it, it really shaped my career. You know, it gave me that extra boost, that confidence that if I can be in, in the ring with this guy, 250 rounds, three world title campaigns, you know, and learn the one percenters from him, you know, it, it really pushes you to that next level. You know, the way I looked at it is, if I'm here with this all-time great, a guy that's achieved so much in boxing, more than anybody will ever achieve. You know, no one's going to achieve what he did uh, with the divisions and the world titles. What's anyone in the lightweight division going to do to me when my time comes? I mean, so, look, he backed me, he supported me, he knew that I'd be champion. He said it back in 2018, you're ready to be world champion. Um, I said, my time will come, it's not ready yet, my time will come. And uh, it did. I, I saw his tweet. Obviously, I was, I was so happy with that. I know he was proud and, um, you know, it's great to join his club, world champion. You know, I finally joined his club as well. And you've already talked about how you've got a lot more business uh, uh, there at Lightweight. How long do you see yourself at 135 before you move up to 140? I can be at 135 my whole career if I want to. Um, I could move down to 130. You know, I can move up to 140. You know, I, um, I've got the kind of body type that can, you know, fluctuate real quick, you know, come down or go up and, and still be very strong and be extremely fast. But there is a lot of business at 135 right now. And, um, you know, there's no distractions at all. I'm not even thinking about any of that. You know, I want to continue to, to cement myself at 135. I am the, the top dog now. I am the emperor, um, the best lightweight in the world. And um, you know, I want to continue defending my belts. You know, like I said, this is going to be a long reign. I'm going to hold these belts for a very long time. All right, Chan, for those who come on to the show, we allow people who listen and watch uh, submit questions through social media. we got a number of them for you, so we'll just get to a few. Uh, the first one comes from Twitter, uh, comes from Lord from Twitter. He says, what weaknesses did you see in Tiafimo that made you think, oh, I can definitely beat him? Look, I knew mentally I'd get under him. You know, I knew I could break him there and, and get him emotional. Um, I knew that his speed was nowhere near mine. You know, I thought his feet were flat and I could, I could really use my movement and my angles. The stamina, the conditioning as the rounds went on. But... Um, when you compare the hearts and, and how much I wanted this, how bad I wanted this, and like I said, I was prepared to die. You know, that was the difference in this fight as well. So, um, you know, we both exchanged knockdowns. We both had to fight through adversity, but um, I just wanted it more. Uh, Ari from Twitter asks, uh, would you consider fighting again in the U.S. versus Tank, who can probably bring you your biggest payday around the 135 division? Yeah, look, uh, it's definitely an option. You know, we need to sit down and, and, and see, um, you know, with, with that fight. Um, but again, I don't think he's going to do more numbers than what I'll do in Australia. You know, he does you know, good stadium fights, respect there. Um, so he does good arena fights, respect there. But I'll do stadium fights, 80,000 people in Australia. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what, 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 what happens. There's plenty, plenty of fights and I love them all. Uh, Chrissy from Twitter asks, what's the first thing you're going to do when you finally get back home? I'm going to hug my, my kids. I'm going to uh, give my kids a big hug, hug and uh, I'm going to put the belts on them. You know, they're, they're saying there's going to be about five or 10,000 people at the airport, so that's going to be pretty crazy. Um, but the first thing will, will be with my kids and, and spend that time with them. That's great. Uh, David from Twitter says, do you think all the extra time you had from the fight being postponed so many times help you prepare? How might this fight have been different had it happened when it was originally scheduled? Look, no matter what, I was going to win this fight by any means necessary. But, you know, when this fight was postponed, you know, I went back home and I waited to see what was going to happen if, you, if we were going to be ready to fight that August 14th day and, and it didn't happen. 
and I went back home to be with my family. But I said to myself, I'm going to get better. Every day I'm going to get better and better and better. And um, that's what I did. I sharpened my skills. You know, I got sharper with, 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 with everything I bring to the table and I, and I got better. So, um, you know, maybe maybe June 19th would have been even a more difficult fight. But, um, you know, I just got better every day and, you know, I really, I really put on a show on, on the weekend. VAR asks uh, from Twitter, were you afraid at all they were going to rob you if you didn't win, win that 12th round? No, I, I was very confident that, um, you know, I won the fight. I believe it was nine rounds to three, both exchange knockdowns. And, um, you know, I, I, I had the respect of, of the judges and I knew that the right man would win the fight. And I thought, if they don't give this, then there's, there's going to be a big problem. There might be a riot in here. There might be a, yeah, there might be a, a war because Australia and Greece are not going to be happy. So uh, <laughs> for the sake of the countries, you know, give the right man a decision. But um, I knew I'd won the fight and, you know, we're, we're happy with, with the decision. Uh, lastly, Lou asks, uh, is fighting in Australia really an option uh, due to the two-week quarantine? Well, that, that is um, pretty much not, not in place anymore. So, um, yeah, 100% is an option. We fill out big stadiums. You know, if people have, have their vaccination, you know, to come to Australia, then there is no problems, you know. And um, for an event that big, bringing, you know, the, the undisputed championship, bringing all these belts back home, you know, against a possible Haney or, or, or uh, Lomachenko or um, Ryan Garcia, Javante Davis, even a, a Lopez rematch, uh, Shakur Stevenson, you know, that is massive. You know, that's going to do huge numbers and uh, anybody can get into Australia with a fight like that. Okay, champ, we've come to the last segment of the show. We call it the last stand. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? I'm, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Bigger upset. Jeff Horn beating Manny Pacquiao or George Cambosis beating Tiafimo Lopez? Cambosis beating Lopez. <laughs> uh, who do you think will be a tougher test going forward? Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, or Tank Davis? None of them. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, when it comes to Australian boxers, who's the GOAT? You're looking at him right now. George Campbell. Okay. <laughs> I and before you, who was the Australian GOAT? Uh, I'd have to say Jeff uh, Fennick or Costa Zoo. Okay. Got Costa Zoo. I love because I love me some Costa Zoo. Okay. Uh, ultimately, in what weight division do you see yourself ending your career? I think at 140. I think 140 will be uh, the highest I go. Last but not least, by this time next year, George Cambosis will be you finish it and still reigning supreme with all the belts. Whoa! So you saying undisputed? Yes, I got all the belts. I will uh, continue my reign, and um, you know the world. The world, you know, will, will be supporting me. Will be behind me. I love it. I love it, champ. Congratulations! That was uh, a great win, and much success to you uh, on your career going forward. Thank you. I really appreciate it, and uh, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Listen, that's what we do here on the last day, and we bring you the biggest names in the sport and right now there is none bigger in the lightweight division than george gambosis jr uh champ thank you uh for being on the show and folks thank you for watching we'll see you again next week definitely appreciate it